Good afternoon. Happy Friday to you. Another really busy day. Lots coming up on the program. Going to be talking more about the new restrictions announced earlier today. You likely heard that on the Mike Smith Show. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth talking about the order that is now in place until the end of the May long weekend. Although uh, there will not be, it looks like, any road checks, police enforcement this weekend. We're going to talk about that coming up on the program as well. We are checking in with BC Ferries a bit later on in the program. They have updated what BC Ferry employees will be doing as far as checking for people who are traveling on the ferries but not traveling for any essential reason. And one particular route that has been left off that list is the route to the Sunshine Coast. The mayor of the uh, town of Seashelt is going to join us a bit later on on the program as well. We'll have plenty of time for your calls on this also and uh, a lot of reaction to uh, what was announced earlier today. That's not the entire show though. We're also going to be talking a bit more about taxes. The window to get those taxes in getting uh, shorter and shorter and a lot of people uh, with some confusion, especially if you had any benefits, uh, took any of the COVID-19 benefit money and wondering what that means as far as filing taxes. Also looking at vaccinations and returning to the workforce, to the workplace, can you be forced to go back to the office if you've been vaccinated? We have an employment lawyer coming on to talk a little bit more about that. But first, we are starting the show with the big announcement earlier today on those travel restrictions. Over the coming days, We will continue working with police to establish additional measures to ensure they have the necessary authority to conduct periodic roadside checks like the counterattack program at strategic points into and out of the defined regions. At that time, a contravention of this order may be subject to a $575 fine. That was Mike Farnworth speaking earlier today. Let's bring in Jack Crompton, the mayor of Whistler, to talk more about this. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Jill. Hi. So uh, we had that announcement from Mike Farnworth earlier today. Uh, have seen this release as well that's been put out uh, by the District of Squamish, uh, Whistler, Pemberton, and the Squamish Lillooet region regional district, uh, asking people saying that please don't come to those areas unless it is essential. How confident are you that people will obey these rules and stay away? Well, I hope everybody listened to my voice today uh, and hearing that we. Uh, are united in that request, Squamish, Whistler, Pemberton, Squamish Regional District, that people not come, we'll, we'll take that up um, and, and we'll stay close to home. Uh, it's, it's a difficult time for our communities right now. I think you, across the province, health um, infrastructure is stretched, as Dr. Henry seems to say every day. It's difficult times in those hospitals that support those communities, and we need this month to really um, put a a break on and give our communities the time for vaccination to take hold and to have its impact and and to see its benefits. And so please, if you hear my voice, stay close to home um, over the next month. Uh, Are you seeing tourists still in Whistler? Uh, Some. But um, obviously far less than we were seeing through the winter season. And we hope that uh, through the month of May we'll see less, which is a bizarre thing for the mayor of Worcester to say, I know. (laughs) But um, we are really hoping to take this month to get ready for a great summer.
What is the the draw right now with the resort with skiing shut down? And, and if you're still seeing tourists, is it people, do you think, that have second properties or vacation homes there or, or that are doing other things? I think it's people just traveling, uh, uh, you know, t- taking a day trip in their cars or, um, you know, looking for something to do. And uh, I thought today the list of the things that happen or are available in people's own communities or something to really consider. Um, and, and there's such amazing things to do around the communities of the lower mainland that I think people should really look into those uh, rather than getting in cars, driving. Would you like to see uh, the, the public safety minister earlier today talked about to police checks that it won't be happening this weekend, but perhaps by next weekend, there will be police at places such as BC Ferries, Highway 1, if people are heading to the interior. Uh, it's unclear if that's going to happen because we've already uh, been given uh, a response from the RCMP union saying they're still not fully on board with this. Uh, would you like to see if that does go ahead? Would you like to see something like that, say, on the Sea to Sky Highway? You know, I'm really hoping we can count on people to take this on themselves. I think police checks on the Sea to Sky Highway um, create, you know, unintended consequences that um, we may not be able to control. I think that's a decision that Minister Farnworth is going to have to really consider about uh, where these kind of checks happen. But please stay home. (laughs) Stay local. Don't come to Whistler uh, during the month of, of May. Uh, you mentioned vaccine and Whistler uh, did get uh, the vaccine drive and people uh, living and working there. Uh, how long do you figure until uh, there is a, a sense of kind of herd immunity or uh, there's that better sense of safety in Whistler? I, th- I think this is about the whole province. So you know, the, the people that were vaccinated here, they have their three week time to sort of get the benefits of vaccination. But Really, for me, this is about the province of British Columbia and all of us getting to that point. So from what I understand, and I am no medical professional, that's June for everyone to get their first shot. And then hopefully by September for everyone to get their second. Uh, But in my view, I really see this as a provincial thing. We're in it together and we need to stay that way. Uh, and how are businesses doing? And, and I get why we're doing this. And it's not it's it's uh, obviously people's lives and safety and health come first. But it's got to be, as even you said, it's strange to be going on radio and saying, please don't come here. Yeah. Uh, how are businesses managing through this? Oh, it's I mean, it's been absolutely devastating. I said that word, I think, more than any other during this pandemic. And right now, I mean, we have uh almost no opportunity to um, engage in tourism. And I think that that's an important thing to note. We're not trying to balance the pandemic and our local economy. Uh, Whistler does not have an economy in the middle of of COVID-19. And I think there's a lot of um, truth to that around the province. We we are on pause as a province until we get to the other side of COVID-19. And that's why actions like this I think are important to allow us to get there. It's not about balancing economic interests and the pandemic right now. It's about getting to a summer where we can welcome people back in a safe way. Uh, So as it stands right now with this uh, public health order in place until May 25th, uh, just for clarity for people, because there might be some uh, confusion as well and not people trying to find loopholes or getting around the rules. But uh, when this release has come out, as I mentioned, from from Squamish, Whistler, Pemberton and Squamish-Lillooet Regional District, uh, is 
is are people allowed then or permitted to travel within that region? Or are you telling people in each one of those communities, stay home? We're, we're saying stay home. I think Minister Farnworth said it best in, in, in their press release. Do not go to Whistler or Tofino, even on a day trip. Everyone should stay close to home. And that's the ask of our communities. Please stay close to home. Um, enjoy your own community, your own neighborhood. All right. Uh, Mayor Crompton, I'm sure we're going to check in with you uh, again before uh, we get to May 25th. But thanks so much for joining us today uh, for the update. It's a pleasure. Uh, Have a great day. All right. We are continuing to talk about the order revolving or involving travel restrictions, which was announced earlier today. When making the announcement, Mike Farnworth was also asked about confusion over the rules that are already in place and what changes because of this Order. The uh, the provincial health officer and the guidelines to date uh, about local, I think, have been pretty have been pretty clear and pretty straightforward. That is, if you really have to ask, should I go out to Chilliwack? The answer is no, you shouldn't. Uh, if you live in Vancouver, um, it's if, as I said earlier, if you live in the, on the North Shore, that's your local area. Stay in that area. I live in the Tri Cities. Um, I'm not going to be going uh, to White Rock as much as I might as much as I might want to. I'm staying in the in the Tri Cities. If I live in Surrey. That's my local area. Um, you know, if you um, are on the North Shore and you go hiking, you've got, you know, you've got lots of, uh, you've got lots of trails and, uh, and, and, and mountains to do that. Likewise, out my way. Uh- All right. Joining us now is Peter Millibar, the B.C. Liberal House leader, as well, the MLA for Kamloops at North Thompson. Thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, what are your thoughts on the order that's now in place? Well, I don't think uh, Bonnie, Dr. Bonnie Henry or, or, for that matter, even the Solicitor General have been uh, confusing or, or unclear on their messaging. The problem has been that every time the Premier has stepped to the podium to deal with issues like this, he has created mass confusion. Um, and that's really what we've seen over this last week is people scrambling in the public service to try to explain um, what the Premier was talking about on Monday. And it's been 180 degrees different uh, what we heard today than what the Premier was talking about on Monday. And so the confusion falls directly at Premier Horgan's feet. And uh, I think people deserve to have some better clarification because, of course, we want people to follow uh, Dr. Henry's advice. We want them to stay close to home, uh, only travel if they really feel it's, it's urgent and necessary to do that. Absolutely. But the problem, what we heard today, is there's going to be a whole lot of people with unintended consequences here trying to do the right thing uh, that could wind themselves up being fined. Uh, or turned around and and miss uh, work or miss medical appointments as a result. Uh, It does seem like when the Premier first mentioned this, uh, people uh, perked up and and exactly that's what did he just say? Looked for clarification. We had to wait until this morning uh, to get that clarification. There's still some confusion, I think, with uh, the police checks talking about those and the fact that they won't be in place this weekend. We're now hearing uh, from the National Police Federation. They're saying many of their officers still aren't on board with this. Uh, How do you think, how do you fix that? How do you make that uh, more streamlined and take away any of that confusion. Well, that's the point. I, I think we're now Friday from a Monday announcement and still no clarity, which means it was made up on the fly by the Premier with, with no thought to the consequence. So let, let's think of this scenario. You're traveling legitimately for work or for, for medical. You stop at the road check. You, your only thing you can do is tell the officer you're not required to provide any documentation. The officer doesn't believe you. You are now left at the side of the road with an officer deciding you're not telling the truth, even though you are. 
you get a $575 fine. We don't know whether that means you then get turned around and you will now miss your appointment or your work and potentially get terminated or that you will be allowed to continue on. If you continue on, how has that stopped the potential spread of COVID? So there's a whole lot of uh, confusion here. And this is why uh, people of colour and and, uh, marginalised communities are very concerned about how random and and discretionary this will be. And that's the concerns uh, legitimately being raised uh, by the the law enforcement officials as well, saying they've made great strides with those communities over the last while. Now they're being asked to be re-injected back in where it's the officer at the side of the road that gets to be the sole arbiter of whether or not you continue to travel or not. Uh, When looking at the regions, though, and how they've split up the province into three zones, uh, Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley, uh, Vancouver Island, uh, which then is up, uh, I believe, uh, we'd go past the Sunshine Coast. There's a bit that's included in that region. And then the rest of the province is Northern Interior. I I can't imagine there would be that many people in the scenario that you just outlined that uh, that are traveling that far for a medical appointment or for uh, another essential appointment. Well, there absolutely would. And let's remember, on Monday, it was every health authority was going to be completely separate, according to the Premier. Everyone was going to have checkpoints. Everyone was going to be checked uh, at random times. And there would be strict enforcement and strict fines. That's not what we heard today. But that's, uh, frankly, a very uh, lower mainland-centric view that people don't travel far uh, for medical. Uh, I can tell you, coming from Kamloops, a great many people travel to the lower mainland regularly to access health uh, provisions. They travel from Prince George and Dawson Creek and Fort St. John down to Vancouver regularly for uh, medical. They travel for work. There's a great many people that travel uh, for work in the resource industries, uh, tradespeople and things of that nature that take living out allowance, pull trailers, live in their trailers while they're working at a job site in a, in a mill closure where they're doing uh, repair and maintenance while the mills shut down. That's That happens at this time of year. Um, pipeline workers, the, those types, and they go back and forth to the island as well. I'm not saying that everyone towing a trailer is in that situation. What I'm saying is those people that are legitimately following the rules for work, whether they're towing a trailer or not, whether they're going for a medical appointment, there is no clarity today on, on whether or not they will be subject to a fine because of an officer's opinion versus what their opinion is of, of their travel. And there's no clarity on whether they'll be turned back at, at that checkpoint or they'll just be given the fine and be told to continue on. People breaking the rules uh, blatantly, absolutely there needs to be a consequence. I'm more worried about the people that are trying to travel for legitimate purposes, and they're being left now under the rules that we've heard today at at the discretion of an officer at the side of the road, which puts the officer in a very untenable situation as well. Uh, And under the list then of reasons for essential travel, some that you just mentioned, uh, I think most actually are on that list. So getting health care or social services or helping someone get those services, uh, a court appearance, uh, childcare services, uh, visiting a resident as an essential visitor in long-term care, attending uh, a funeral, those are all under the list. So is it, is it your concern, though, if you get stopped, you tell the police officer or whoever it is at the road check, you have one of those reasons that, that without proof of that, uh, somebody would, would, would just say, no, I don't believe you? That's what we've been hearing is I asked that question directly on a briefing this morning with, with Ministry Strath. They, they struggled to answer it because I, I don't think they know. And, and to their credit, they're trying to figure out a way forward. And that's where it will come into uh, better training for the police officer. And they will um, evaluate uh, what they see with the vehicle and, and what's going on with uh, 
with belongings or, or what's in the vehicle with the story the person is telling them. Um, that, you know, you shouldn't have to be justifying why you might have two extra people in your car if you're going to a funeral or, or you're going for work and you're taking your family with you. You shouldn't have to tell our officer you've never met before uh, personal health details to try to justify why you are going for a health appointment. But um, we're not hearing any of that clarity today. It's five days after the Premier said this was going to happen. It was supposed to take effect today. It takes effect today without any of that detail added to it. Um, For the Premier to try to pretend that this was not just a spur-of-the-moment announcement that he flung out there on Monday is laughable. Because if it was actually already in the works on Monday, we would have had that detail today when it takes effect and not have to wait a week into it um, you know, the, the underlying premise, I think people understand and want to see happen. It's the fact that uh, there is no understanding on how this is actually going to be enforced, how it's going to be dealt with, and more importantly, how people that are, are legitimately following the rules are going to be dealt with um, in a fair, uh, fair and reasonable way, especially those, as we've heard from the communities of, of uh, um, you know, ethnic minorities. Uh, and, and I think that's what a lot of people are looking at as well. I've had a few people emailing me saying, well, this is no different than counterattack, which I think it is really different than counterattack in that a counterattack roadblock is a stop and a stop where there's certain certain markers for criminal activity and, and being checked for that. This is not this is not the same thing. This is, as you said, it's quite invasive. It's asking somebody about medical information. It's asking uh, why they're going to, to a certain place. Do you think there's a better way to do it then? Would it be better to do random uh, checks, say, at campsites and, and ID people? And if you've come from out of town at that point, you get checked? Or, or what, what else could be done? Well, I think at its core, and, and I think that's what the Solicitor General was trying to convey today, not, not to be an apologist for the Solicitor General, but I mean, I think he was trying to convey um, that people really need to double down on what uh, Dr. Henry's orders have been or, or recommendations have been in the first place. Stay as local as possible really give it a second thought whether it's truly essential or not or if you really need to go for work or not um uh, you know that's that's the advice that's been given all along um and i think we've seen it wane uh, what we're seeing today though is not necessarily created a situation where that will actually reduce it in any way shape or form but it has a very real uh, potential for the unintended consequence of unduly punishing those that are actually legitimately following the rules legitimately trying to travel for work uh, and leaving it completely up to the discretion at a police road check uh, with the officer at the side of the road to decide whether or not you are verbally telling them the truth or not because you do not have to provide any paperwork or documentation to prove what you're saying is true or not. If the officer, by no fault at the moment, uh, feel that you're you're lying, lots of people get nervous when they get questioned by police. The officer could feel, oh, that person's seeming pretty nervous. They must be lying. Um, it's human nature. Um, there, there's By the time you have recourse for the officer making the wrong call, um, you could have lost your job, you could have not made your medical appointment um, because you got turned around, plus you got a $575 fine in your pocket. Um, it's not fair to the police agencies. That's why they're saying they, they have very uh, grave concerns about trying to enforce this. It's not fair to uh, marginalized communities. It's not fair to, to people of color who already feel that they get targeted unnecessarily and could be subject to a higher propensity for fines versus uh, um, non-persons of color. Um, there's a whole lot of problems with this, and it's literally the public sector scrambling, trying to um, 
Um, instead of the premier just admitting that he misspoke on Monday, um, we're seeing this this people doing backflips in the pu- public sector trying to uh, come up with rules to try to backstop what the premier said. But they already have created something that's 180 degrees different than anything he was talking about on Monday. All right, Peter Millibar, we'll leave it there. We're right out of time for today, but thanks for joining us on the show. Great, thank you. Anything. Thanks for being with us. We're talking more about the provincial travel restrictions. A bit more clarity, you could say, was announced earlier today. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth making that announcement. Coming up in this half hour, we're also going to check in with BC Ferries about what routes will be targeted as far as essential crossings only, essential travel only, and how BC Ferries is going to be enforcing that. Right now, though, we are joined by Darnelda Seegers, the mayor of Seashelt. Thanks so much for being on the program today. Thanks for having me, Joe. Uh, how are things over there as far as uh, tourism and uh, people still perhaps traveling and coming uh, to that region, even though uh, they've been asked to stay home? Well, I actually reached out to the uh, CEO or the executive director of Sunshine Coast Tourism, and he indicates that most of the short-term rentals over here are fully booked. So it's busy. So what are your thoughts when you hear something like that? Uh, what's your reaction to that? So I, I think on the Sunshine Coast, we've been pretty compliant with the provincial health orders. I mean, we all want to have summer back, right? We want mm-hmm. to be able to enjoy the summer. And with the variants that are rising right now, we just want to get through this so that we can come back to some kind of normality. I I put out uh, earlier today when I I was uh, tweeting out uh, the restrictions and the essential travel, the exemptions and and such, uh, a resident of the Sunshine Coast uh, messaged back to me saying, uh, people here are frightened to be out on the weekend because there are so many out-of-towners, people that uh, work in places uh, such as a liquor store where you're asking for ID, uh, are noticing a huge number of people who are not from uh, the coast. Would you like to have seen perhaps more uh, focus on that? Because I don't know that it was even mentioned recently really, uh, in the news briefing this morning on these travel restrictions? No, from what I've been reading, and I mean, this is still all evolving, right, as we're moving forward here. What I've been reading is that the Lower Mainland and the Fraser Valley, so Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal Health, are considered one region. So that means for us, basically from Hope up to Lund is one area. So I don't anticipate that BC Ferries will be looking at non-essential travel restrictions on the route from Horseshoe Bay to the Sunshine Coast. But I guess that's still to be determined. Uh, That would be, uh, is that the Horseshoe Bay Langdale route? Yes. Uh, Because that's not on the list. Uh, Looking at the list of BC ferries, the routes is Tawasson Sports Bay, Tawasson Duke Point, Tawasson Southern Gulf Islands, Horseshoe Bay Departure Bay, Comox Powell River, Port Hardy Prince Rupert. Uh, There's there's no Langdale on that one. Yes, and that is because Vancouver Coastal Health actually spans northwest Vancouver and other parts of the lower mainland, Pemberton, Squamish, et cetera, and the Sunshine Coast. So by delineating it, you know, with the Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal Health, the Langdale Horseshoe Bay Ferry is within the same health authority. Right. Would you like to see it, though? Because it seems like if people are looking for a loophole, and unfortunately, there are going to be people looking for a loophole, even though uh, the the part of the order, the recommendation is you stay in your own community, uh, people might look at that and think, oh, well, it's in the same health authority. They're not doing essential travel checks on this ferry route. Off I go. Definitely. We will get lots of travelers coming up here on the weekends. We know that. We would prefer they not come. 
uh, I know that there you probably are uh, aware of the joint statement that came out from you know Minister of Tourism, the Hotel Association, etc., where they're requesting that accommodation providers actually cancel bookings or refuse bookings for this period of time so that we can look forward to that summer where we can do travel. Um, whether or not they do that and whether or not the visitors do that is out of our control. We would prefer they not come, but again, you know, we have no, we have no say over that. Right. And I would imagine, too, from uh, even previous trips to the Sunshine Coast, it uh, seems like such a long time ago now, uh, mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of, of Airbnb and different uh, ways of, of staying on the Sunshine Coast. I would think that people might even, uh, does it, it seems like that might even be more popular than, say, hotels and that that are being asked in this case to not take those bookings. Well, even the short-term rentals have been requested to cancel bookings, or not take bookings up until past the long weekend. Now, will they comply? We don't know because, as we all know, they have to have income as well in order to continue operating for the long haul. So while we request and while Sunshine Coast Tourism is requesting that they cancel those bookings, we don't know what's going to happen. Do you have a, an idea on the number of cases on the Sunshine Coast and, and have there been outbreaks and concerns about spread of COVID? I think the highest we've had, so we've been watching, you know, they post every week, right? We've been watching the numbers. I think the highest we've had any one week is 13 and last week was five. So we do know that the numbers are fairly low here yet, but that also, as you indicated, the local residents typically don't go out much on the weekend because if there are others around, we don't necessarily want to spread the virus. Right. And, and those, are, those are low numbers. And uh, my guess is everybody living there would love to keep those numbers low. You bet. <laughs> you bet. We're, we're doing our part. Uh, it's got to be frustrating then moving ahead. And again, even with uh, the announcement today and uh, the, the announcement part of that uh, saying that there will not be road checks, there might I mean there might not be road checks at all, uh, but there certainly won't be any this weekend. Are you concerned that that's going to also uh, perhaps prompt people who aren't really keen on following the rules anyway, anyway to, to get one last trip in? Oh, I'm sure if they've got it booked, they'll be coming up here this weekend. They're not, they're not going to cancel that. Not all of them. I mean, maybe some. Um, I did reach out to the RCMP here uh, to find out what they would be doing and heard that they have not yet received a written order. And so they'll be looking at that probably next week. So further information will be available once they have you know, their orders and how they're to look at implementing this new travel restriction. Hmm. Did they imply then or, or say that once they do have a written order that they, they will be going with that and, and, and having a part in uh, clamping down on people coming there from other areas? I think that depends on what the order is. Right. You know, they don't, they don't have any details at this point. I mean, they've been very supportive of the provincial order as well. We want, we want, as everybody does, we want to get through this. This is a beautiful part of the country, right? Beautiful place to be. Uh, we know that people from Vancouver and the Lower Mainland are looking to come to get away from the, the numbers of the population and the close quarters down the Lower Mainland. And this is, this is where they come. So we'll welcome them in the summer. 
Okay, what are things going to look like on BC ferries under these new provincial travel restrictions? Joining me now to talk more about this is Mark Collins, the president and CEO of BC Ferries. Thank you so much for taking some time. Yeah, good afternoon, Jill. Uh, I know BC Ferries put out the list of routes that are going to be, uh, that people are likely going to be questioned about their travel. Uh, I ran them down. We were talking with the uh, the mayor of Seashell. So Tawasson Sports Bay, Tawasson Duke Point, Tawasson Southern Gulf Islands, Horseshoe Bay, Departure Bay, Comox, Powell River, Port Hardy, Prince Rupert. So what can people expect when they're traveling on those routes? What they'll experience is a, uh, an additional or heightened level of questioning at the booth. Primarily, we want to know if your travel is essential or non-essential. If it's non-essential travel, uh, we are now empowered not to sell you a ticket. Um, and is it the honor system, though? Because the list that came out is, is pretty big as far as what is deemed essential. So if somebody just says, well, I'm going to a funeral, is that, is that that's it and they can get on the ferry? Yes, that's right. We're going to be operating on the honor system. You know, BC Ferries, we're not an enforcement agency. We're not really in a position to demand documentation or or make judgments. Our role is to remind and advise travelers of the order that they're not supposed to be traveling if they don't absolutely have to. And then if they honestly answer that uh, they have a, a uh, an essential purpose for traveling, they will be entitled to travel. And so is that going to be happening then in person at the, the, the ticket windows so when people arrive at the terminals? Or is there going to be something if somebody is, say, booking a reservation? Uh, we're going to use all the channels at our disposal. So we've already made changes to our website. So when booking a new reservation, uh, you, you'll have to answer some questions. Uh, we're reaching out to people who already have reservations and asking them if it's essential. And if they wish to cancel, we'll give them a full refund. And you'll get uh, questions at the booth. You'll get, see signage along the way. Uh, we're doing uh, some work on Twitter and other social media to make sure people are aware. Uh, we were, uh, as mentioned, we were just chatting with the mayor of Seashelt, and she was explaining to uh, the way the health authorities are working and the way the different regions work. Um, perhaps that's why the uh, Horseshoe Bay Langdale is not on the list. But are you concerned that people are still going to be going on that route if that's not on the list where people are going to be asked whether or not it's essential? Well, you know, we've been asking about essential travel for months now, you know, because the guidance has been there from the public health officer for many, many months. So, you know, people still have a responsibility not to move around if it's not essential. So they'll, there'll still be reminders. It's just that there's more options open to us to deny travel on the announcements of today. But still, we'll be discouraging uh, non-essential travel on all of our routes. Uh, are you concerned at all for uh, employees? Uh, if somebody pulls up to the ticket window, uh, they're asked if it's essential, they give an answer that implies or, or is quite clear that it's not essential travel. Uh, if an employee then says, well, you can't get on this, this vessel, uh, are you concerned at all that could spark uh, some kind of conflict? You know, we're always concerned for the safety and health well-being of our employees and and i'll say the vast majority of british Columbians have been fantastic you know they take this seriously they're 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 buckling oh we have just lost mark collins we're going to try and get him back on the line because i'm quite curious as to uh that uh, the answer to that question all right uh, that was a bit of a technical glitch our phone uh, just had a little a little issue there so we're going to try and reconnect uh, with mark collins who is the uh, president and ceo of bc ferries we're talking about non-essential travel and as he mentioned bc ferries will be denying travel to customers who are traveling for non-essential reasons on routes that cross those 
regional zones as defined in the order. And we know that the province has now been uh, put into three different uh, zones. It's not each individual health authority as originally thought. It is three uh, different zones throughout the province. You can see that on the BC website with the health order. Uh, But the three zones are the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley. So that's Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal Health uh, all into that's one region. There's the Northern and Interior Health region and that includes the Bella Coola Valley and Central Coast and Hope, uh, which is a bit confusing, I think, because uh, people in Hope uh, saying uh, that uh, they were part of Fraser Health. But as for this, uh, they're not part of Fraser Health. And then the Vancouver Island region, which is Vancouver Island Health as well. So three regions. uh, But the message that was put forward this morning by Mike Farnworth as well uh, was that uh, stay in your community if you can. Okay, Mark Collins is back with us. Mark, sorry about that. Technical problem there. Uh, You were in mid-sentence talking about the fact that the vast majority of people are compliant. Yes, and and uh, and they're very respectful of our workers, but we're always worried about their health and safety. So, uh, you know, when when somebody does get belligerent or abusive to our people, we have zero tolerance for that. We have measures in place to protect our people. We have additional management staff, supervisors. We have security on site as well, and we also have recourse to enforcement agencies. So, uh, jurisdictional authorities are are ready to help assist at ferry terminals if we need them. So. There will be no tolerance for anybody, uh, you know, acting out or crossing the line at ferry terminals while this order is in place. Uh, and no extra sailings for the May long weekend as this order goes through that weekend. That's right. Uh, we are, uh, you know, normally this time of year you'd start to see extra sailings coming into the schedule to deal with seasonal demand. That won't be the case this year. We're just going to sail the basic schedule. Uh, it's going to be a big change on the May long weekend. So considerable, bo- excuse me, considerable amount of capacity will not be there this year. And we'll be working as we approach that weekend to communicate that as thoroughly as we can. Uh, will workers with BC Ferries, then, will they be tasked with asking everybody who's getting on a vessel or if it's, say, uh, a truck, a, a large truck, would that be deemed essential? Uh, whereas somebody maybe pulling an ATV would look more like they're perhaps going for recreational travel. We'll be asking the question of everybody, you know, across the board uh, so that all are treated equally in that respect. But, of course, commercial transports and things are moving goods and services, which are clearly essential. So some are more obvious than others. Uh, if a case is on the edge or if there seems to be some uh, uncertainty, our supervisors will step in. And, you know, we're going to work with the traveler to see if we can see what the real situation is. Uh, the idea is to help bring people to a good sense of their responsibility and not be not be heavy handed about it. Uh, we we, we want to make it work for everyone as much as we can. Uh, for people who are canceling their reservations, do they get a full refund, including the reservation fee? Yes, absolutely. That's been our policy since the outset. You know, this is uh, not the fault of the traveler. There's nothing they can do it. In fact, the traveler is being a good citizen by uh, by uh, cancelling the reservation in these circumstances. So they will get a full refund from BC Ferries. All right. Mark, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for being available for us this afternoon. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.